All conversations and information contained within the Total Health and Fitness Podcast is intended for educational, informational, and entertainment purposes only. Do not confuse anything you hear on this show with treatment, medical advice, or direction. Nothing on this podcast is meant to supplement or supersede the relationship with your medical caretakers. Although James is a licensed massage therapist, certified health coach, personal trainer, yoga, and martial arts instructor, he is not functioning in these roles in this environment. The same applies to any professionals who appear on this show. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Total Health and Fitness Podcast. I am your host, James Louie. Uh, thank you again for joining me on this episode. Uh, so like, uh, as I continue to do with this podcast, uh, I like to have on guests uh, periodically uh, to talk about um, deeper conversations in the health and wellness field in general. And this week, we're diving back into the realm of massage therapy, and specifically going back into the realm of um, fascia, rolfing, and probably a, a lot of other things as well. So my guest today um, is a personal trainer, a yoga therapist, a massage, ther- a massage therapist. Uh, so I'm very happy to introduce uh, Mr. Noel Poff. Hey, James. Uh, yeah, thank you for having me on your show. I'm excited and honored to be here. Um, and uh, I know a little bit about uh, your history, and it, uh, there's some similarities there. So I really uh, I admire and appreciate what you're doing with all that. Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate that. Yeah, I just to give the audience a little back history, uh, Noel and I actually, he's in South Carolina, I'm in South Carolina. And when I was um, teaching massage at Southeastern Institute, I, I got connected with Noel. And he was kind enough um, to actually come a couple times to the class and, and talk to the students about rolfing and fascia and massage therapy. And, um, and you've always been very kind uh, whenever I've called or messaged you to answer questions or to come in. So I, I thank you for doing, doing that as well. And I'm an admirer of all your work, considering there's a lot of crossover with the things we do. So I appreciate that. Yeah, I'm always excited to talk about, uh, you know, anything body work related, anything stretch related, rolfing related. It's, you know, it's my passion. It's my career. It's what I want to do. Excellent. Excellent. So, so I guess just to give the audience a little bit of an overview, how would you say your, your journey um, into this health and wellness career started? I, I mean, it, it's kind of hard to sum up in a brief snippet because, you know, there's so many factors to consider. Like, I mean, even more than when before we were born, like or the way our parent, what our parents did, uh, the culture we're in. But in order to just to make it brief, I got into I was always in athletics um, as a kid, and then uh, kind of towards uh, middle school age, like 13, 12, 14, I got more into video games and just eating junk food and really just gave activity. Uh, it wasn't a priority anymore. Um, and then when I turned 16, I was like 220 pounds, uh, about two inches shorter than I am now, and uh, really overweight and just really deconditioned out and it didn't really hit me until I went to a tryout for uh, JV basketball and they had a conditioning session and uh, I went and it was like the last person to finish every single running drill and then the the, the worst part about it was that the cheerleading squad was up in the bleachers kind of watching the practice the entire time so I went home was terribly embarrassed and really had a, a reality check there like I need to change things and if I'm going to get any better it's just going to get worse um and so I just made an effort to learn more about health and wellness. I picked up whatever books I could find. I started running up and down the street every morning. I put weights in my bedroom and I just did push-ups, sit-ups, whatever I could do and just to figure it out. 
And um, eventually I got more into martial arts through that. Uh, it seemed like a practice that was something I could do at home. I didn't have to be at school. I really hated being at school. So being at home and practicing hitting the bag or just stretching out and practicing kicks. And uh, I had a friend that lived down the street named Steven. He was in the Kung Fu. So he'd show me a few things. So we just play in the backyard and spar. And uh, it, I really uh, took to that. And it was part of my practice and observing um, most of the people that were really successful in martial arts. So I wanted to have the same qualities that they had that wasn't just physical it was also mental so they, they uh, uh emphasize a lot of self-discipline and uh, meditation and a lot of philosophy focus so i started getting more into philosophy as well um and before i knew it i was in basically every evening doing some sort of stretch routine before bed rolling around on the floor listening to ambient music and trying to do splits and then finishing with a seated meditation this was really before i knew anything about yoga um, and then later on, you know, I learned more uh, about different practices. Um, through that training, I really transformed my body and it was, it, I stuck with it and I wanted to do it more and figured that I wanted to do it as a career as I graduated. And uh, I was thinking along the lines of physical therapy. I volunteered at clinics, shadowed PTs there. And, um, and initially I wanted to just get off the get off track and start working, start making money towards school. And some people were putting in, in, in my head that I should be go to nursing school because uh, you'll always find a job there and there's a shortage of male nurses. I'd be successful. So I w went to the tech school in Beaufort where I'm from and signed up for a nursing program, was enrolled. And then I walked in the hallway and saw that they had a massage therapy program there, there too. And I was like, well, <laughs> that kind of, kind of looks like along the lines of what I want to do with physical therapy. So I'll switch programs. I ended up switching programs. I talked to an instructor, uh, Denise Van Nostrand, and she, the, what caught me about her was, was her enthusiasm um, and her, her passion for the work and her, her like energy. So I was like, man, this is, she's on to something, and I want some of it, and I want this, those hands-on skills. And this is even before I even knew anything about massage therapy, and I, I never had a massage before in my life. Um, I signed up for the program. And the first day orientation, I realized I was the only guy out of 14 students, <laughs> which was another uh, kind of social barrier that I needed to, to kind of face. It's like, man, how am I going to be comfortable here? I really uh, grew up as a shy person. I had a hard time talking to people and just had, being in a room full of women was just, you know, <laughs> it was a, I had to really break the ice there. Um, I'm sorry. No, no, you're good. You're doing good. Yeah, no, I was, I was saying I had a similar thing when I was uh, in massage therapy school as well. Um, you know, there wasn't a lot of uh, male students at the time I was going either. And this was, this was back in like 2009, I think, 2008 when I started. So yeah, it's, yeah. I think the profession has expanded since then. But I, I, for those times when we were around, we were going, I guess it was, it was still rare for uh, a male to enter those programs. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so they were happy to have me in the class. Uh, it ended up being Ended up being like kind of the brother of the group and uh, went for the whole year, fall, spring and summer and graduated in summer at the end of summer and started doing my own practice. Um, in addition to doing personal training, because kind of in the interim of that program also got certified as a personal trainer, which, you know, you could do at home. So I was able to complete both of those trainings and I just started working right off the bat, uh, part timing um, at different spas, different gyms and kind of doing stuff on my own as well. Uh, 
I did want to get my undergrad still, and I went to USC originally for exercise science, and I went to Beaufort at first for a couple years. I took a year break and did a massage program. Then I finished my degree at Columbia University of South Carolina, and I switched majors in the middle of the program to philosophy because I took one too many philosophy <laughs> courses, and I, I was just doing so much better in those classes than I was in the science classes, and, I just, and it really resonated with me because it, it uh, kind of um, fed this initial desire I had that I, when I was a teenager to learn more about how to live uh, through martial arts um, and how to be a better person, all this, all this other stuff that goes into life um, and work and everything. So uh, I came out of that program thinking, well, I don't really know what I'm going to do with this degree. Maybe I should go back. So I went, <laughs> I went back the very next year to the master's program. And while I was working as a trainer, working as a massage therapist, kind of doing three of those things and, um, realized after a year and I was just, I was, I wasn't going to be very happy with it. And I was just, I, I rather work with movement. I rather work with bodies. I rather get immediate feedback from my clients and from the people I work with. And so I just stepped into uh, being a, a body worker. And, uh, very soon after that, I found yoga as more of a practice and, uh, I did a teacher training program in Charleston and really fell in love with it. And I felt like it was kind of also feeding to the philosophy component that I was searching for with school. And then through my training in yoga, I met a rolfer in Charleston and Kelly Jean Moore, who took me through a 10 series. And uh, after like five sessions, she helped me relieve uh, some chronic plantar fasciitis I've been having for on and off for over five years. Wow. And That's great. To the point that I was debilitating, like I, I, I hesitated getting out of bed in the mornings because the first thing you'd feel would be that sharp heel pain as soon as you stepped on the floor. I, she barely touched my feet, maybe one or two times and did a lot of movement coaching. And before I knew it, I wasn't having heel pain anymore. And I was running just about as much running, doing just about as much mileage as I'd been doing before and in minimalist shoes. So I was, it really blew my mind, woke me up saying, I need to learn how to do this. So um, eventually the time was right, the money, uh, I had the opportunity and I moved to Boulder for a better part of a year to do the Rolf training at the Rolf Institute of Structural Integration, which is now the Dr. Ida Rolf Institute of Structural Integration. And uh, I thought I would stay there, but I just had too many ties back in Charleston. So I moved back and started my own practice. Yeah, no, that's amazing. That's great. I mean, there are there's so many things there, and it's uh, it's amazing actually how, how many parallels uh, in your story that I, I can relate to my, to my own journey through it. Um, you know, I, I will say the the philosophy major is is you're in good company because like uh, the martial art <laughs> I, I I studied was uh was was Jeet Kune Do, and Bruce Lee was a that's his degree was mart was philosophy. Yeah. So you're you're definitely in good company. Yeah, people who study was, philosophy. <laughs> yeah, he was a big influence on me as a teenager. I even uh, drafted a letter to Linda Caldwell, his uh, widowed wife, to mm -hmm. basically to express how much influence and how much impact his his life had on mine, and and basically put me in. A different direction yeah his uh his philosophy i mean i got into his philosophy even before i started training in his school and i uh i you know so i would say philosophy and how you live your life is i think the core of, of everything that we do and help with clients and, and do for ourselves i mean it's the philosophical underpinnings of why you're why are you doing all these things to what are you hoping to get out of them once you've once you've achieved them so right. uh, um 
So yeah, and and I I can relate too. When uh, growing up, I was um, I was overweight, like you know, pushing two hundred pounds, and I'm only like you know five nine and a half. So that's uh, it took me uh, a slow path also to sort of uh, go down the road of health and, and fitness. So um, I, I, I a lot of what you're saying resonates with me as well. So I, I appreciate you sharing all of that uh, with me and with the audience today. Cool. Yeah, um, so with with all all of that, um, that's like you know, and I'm curious how you work since it's, it's again similar to my practice. What is like, what is it like when you work when you work with somebody? Is it um, do you see people individually for these things, or do you have clients who you take through like all of your specialties? What's what's your process these days? It depends on the client, really. I try to meet them where they're at. Um, since I, I started really as a trainer in Charleston before I became more of a massage therapist. So I have a handful of people that I just work, uh, physic work with exercise with and, um, the raw thing kind of is in the back background. And then I have clients who know me through being a massage therapist and body worker. So they work with me primarily through body work and the training part is in the background, um, with a lot of new clients these days in my primary practice being a uh, shift roffing, I, I work with them as a roffer. And uh, that's in a sense that I, you know, I, I try to follow what I learned at the Institute as best I can with some flexibility, depending on who I'm working with. And then as I'm working with them, we adjust our approach depending on what what else shows up. So I might do a lot more body work initially with new clients and then move on to more movement work, which can look like uh, like movement education, uh, postural uh, pattern, postural repatterning, uh, which is like really subtle, but really profound work, um, but also normal exercise stuff you'd find you see a trainer working with a client at a gym no that's great because i mean i i would say for at least i found for my background and, and obviously for yours um you know being massage therapist and then having but having the bonus of going through a uh, personal trainer certificate and having that knowledge too i think it, it i think it gives more to the client i mean i'm not taking away from any therapist who not doing that but if you actually know the exercises you can actually not just create the chain, open the open the pa- the channel for changes on the table, but then tell them how to like incorporate that and maintain that through their life. That's where it is. you're going to have the biggest effect, I believe, and what from what I see um, with roughing, there's kind of when I was training, there was a little bit of a hint that you wanted to you wanted to see clients as little as possible. You wanted to be, them to become self sufficient, so you give them a ten series, which is a, a series of ten hour sessions, or uh, 10, 75, 90 minute sessions. Uh, and then after that, you let them go about uh, their life for uh, five months, six months, maybe a year and let the changes made during that process take effect in their lives. M- more often than not, they hold shape. And you see, even after a person's done with their 10 series, they're continuing to change in their posture because they, they've, they've changed their bodies. They become more aware of how things move. They're a lot more educated about their bodies and they self-correct. No, that's, that's, I mean, that's always great. I mean, I guess the question I would ask you is like, um, like, do you, I guess with you, when you're having a client who, I mean, you, you only do rolfing, right? Or do you still do like any, like just generalized massage anymore? Or do you incorporate yeah. that with your sessions? Yeah, by request, I do massage therapy because some people just want, want that service. And it's a great, it's a great um, uh, modality and I still use it. Um, I would say about 5% of the time though. So uh, the rest of 
uh, 85% I'm doing uh, structural integration. Good. Yeah, no, I was, then that was the, I mean, I love general massage too. I always kind of fell into, I don't know, I guess, I guess chronic injury or people who were in the athletic or physical activity type of thing were, were my clients. Um, Cause I, I imagine going through the 10 series and, and really doing the work is the patient really has to be invested in, in the changes that they're, they're trying to get from their body and from you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I, in my work as massage therapist, I worked at many spas and did a lot of, you know, sessions where I wouldn't, I would only see the person once in their lifetime and never see them again. I'm sure you know that yep. too. And you're like, okay, well, um, you know, it's just like, it's like serving them a sandwich. It's, you don't eat <laughs> like, I hope you like it and it, it makes your day better. Uh, and then, you know, good luck. Um, but, uh, I really was as working as massage therapist, I wanted to have a, a ongoing relationship with clients. And I desired that despite working at, uh, you know, uh, chain spas and uh, more boutique spas and, uh, and also wanting to really see it, get feedback after sessions from folks like, did it work? Are you know, are you moving better? Is, uh, is your back pain better? Is your shoulder pain better? And that's, that's something you don't really get a whole lot of working um, in uh basically working for some other company as a massage therapist no no and i i've done it all i mean i i you know i i think all all types of massage are are good and all types of clients are good it's just it just right. i guess also depends on on you as a therapist like what also satisfies what you're trying to do in the field and um yeah i mean i work i worked on my own many many years and then obviously working you know for a traditional massage company there there was definitely not the time to there's not the time to give the instruction and it's not really what they're they're looking for is that added information i'm uh and it, and some of that's on me too like just because i i want to i want to try to fix things or help improve people's life past the table but that's not always what a person's coming to me for absolutely yeah that's a good point you just gotta like i said you gotta meet them where they're at and some people just want that that, that uh, specific service or to have that specific out goal or outcome and that's great you know if it benefits them all for it yeah, it took me a long time in my in all the different careers that uh, that we that we cross over on to to get to the point where really meeting people where they're at and, and sometimes less information is more. Uh, it was, yeah. you know, I think I think it was an early when I was an early trainer or yoga instructor or, or massage therapist. I wanted to give my clients so much information, and it's just for some, it's also too much for the for the general person who's not in health and wellness and has no idea about their body. Like you start explaining muscles, ligaments, and fascia, and stretching and strains, and like it's like too much. It's like too much for them. Right. Um, and to kind of uh, follow on that train, it's like it's kind of what happened with me in my yoga training, too. Uh, initially, I went to yoga just because I liked the stretching part of it. You know, I was I was I wasn't really interested in the spiritual transformation aspects of it or really saw it as a meditative practice because I already had kind of a meditation practice going on. Um, and so this the the stretching the, the whole like physical component of it was the gateway and it was where i was at at time like i i wanted to sweat i wanted to you know move my body in, in vigorous ways and then eventually it, it transformed and i saw you know over time i was more open to different its different benefits um and then like it resonated more with other types of yoga practices and um and it, it I feel like it has more a meaning for me now than it did before, but it, I wouldn't have gotten into it if it all was spewed out to me at once. Like here, drink this Kool-Aid. 
Yeah. <laughs> which, which I would, I would say, yeah, I, I was always, um, I mean, not because I actually, when I started my yoga journey and, and went into, like, I actually was only practicing yoga for a few months before I decided to dive into my own teacher, the teacher training where I was, uh, in, in New York. Um, so I was looking for that deeper meaning, but being a teacher, when I first started teaching people, a lot of people, you know, much like you just were describing are not in it for the meditation or, you know, just getting students to stay for Shavasana sometimes was a, it was, it was a hard thing. They would just like, as soon as the practice was over, Shavasana was like, you know, there'd be a couple of people who would just walk out. Um, so, so it is, it is, um, you know, getting that deeper level, um, sometimes takes time. You have to like give, give the client, um, the, the gateway to it by, I guess, not necessarily giving them what they want, but showing, showing them the aspect they came to this looking for, then I guess subtly opening them up to the other things that are involved in the practice. Right. Right. I, I kind of refer to that as priming the pump and saying that, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and then when I talk about with my with my fiance about uh, clients like and their, their responsiveness to certain treatments or certain uh, approaches to structural integration, um, I was I kind of was like, well, their pump was primed; they're ready for that sort of thing. <laughs> yep. um, do you speaking of yoga? Do you do you still? I mean, how much yoga therapy do you do, and how much do you still teach yoga regularly? I I. I was teaching uh, up until a few months ago, uh, kind of regularly as a substitute at uh, Palmetto Behavioral Health. Oh, okay. And it, I really enjoyed that work, um, and I I really liked that work because it it was in blending. Um, let me re, re, let me start again. Not blending, but it was I, I was working with people in different states of being, and that really challenged me to again meet people where they're at because they were in really different places and I would and then you would find people in a normal yoga studio um uh, and uh so I had to adjust my approach as far as teaching postures or teaching meditation teaching breath work and had to be more attentive and had to listen more and uh, kind of be more aware of other people's sensations, their beliefs, uh, their states of being, and, uh, and teach in accordance with those, with those factors, instead of what I thought, instead of like uh, performing a sequence or uh, just leading people through postures and not being really attached to the outcome either, but allowing, you know, allowing for whatever it happened to happen for them and kind of trusting that, this is like yoga is good work, you know, tuning, just paying attention to your body is good work and it's profound work and it's life changing work. And it, that's how it was for me initially as a teenager. Like I didn't know um, my, my humorous from a radius or anything. I didn't know anything about anatomy. I didn't know anything about yoga, but just sitting still and observing my environment, my present state of being and being cued or coached to do that was life changing. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it's, it really is uh, amazing. And I, I think it just comes, I mean, with time and experience of the person taking the class and the, and the person teaching the class of um, not like yoga is not supposed to be about the like expectation of like, a, like achieving a pose. Like, you know, I, I, you know, it took me a while personally to get to the point where like, you know, for my own personal practice and also teaching people like you, everyone's like, let's say warrior one is going to look different in this room and it should like, you're not right. trying to, 
look like the cover of yoga journal. <laughs> yeah. You know, you, you know, there's people who had to have really shortened stances and couldn't move their hips and their arms didn't come up over their head. But that was like, that was warrior one for their body, what it was. And it's, it's perfect because that's, it's their, their form, which, you know, it takes a long, it takes a long time, especially, you know, I always taught yoga, you know, for the most part in a, a gym environment. And there's, you know, there's a lot of different mentalities in the gym, but whenever people take classes, they're expecting to sweat and, work hard and stuff and, and yoga, you know, that's, that's not what it's supposed to be. It's great for the body, but you're not supposed to push yourself to look like somebody else in the class. Absolutely. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, um, I've, I've just finished recently, uh, my yoga therapist certification. Um, and I went through the Phoenix rising school yoga therapy. It's a 900 hour program. So it took wow. a, a few years to complete. Um, but part, a big, Part of that, like when we're teaching postures or leading a leading a session for a client, is you don't you don't use posture names. You know, you try not to use a, mo a model or a name for anything. You you just talk to the direct experience. Like move your knees forward, let your hips fall back, raise your arms up, without the expectation of reaching any end, but just the activity. And in, in the form of the shape that you you may be thinking, like okay, uh, chair pose, you know. Um, but you're not saying chair pose or anything like that, because then you, you, the second you you put a name to something, people are going to attach an image to it, and they're going to try to fit in that image, like you were, you were just saying. Yeah, it's very it's very interesting. That's uh, well, congratulations on, on completing that course. Um, yeah, thank you. I feel like we could. Uh, hopefully, you'll come back on the podcast. We can talk a whole thing on on yoga therapy. Um, yeah, great, <laughs> definitely. But um, but I do I, before we, we wrap up today, I do want to um, just because we I had touched on uh, rolfing and structural integration with a with a previous um, guest, you know, my, my, one of my massage instructors, and and you've touched on it today. But I noticed a lot of your um, or at least the trainings that I've seen online and the stuff you do and and you were doing when um, you came to speak at Southeastern is um, on teaching massage therapists to stretch and and also stretching, and we've touched on that today. So I just want to you know. I feel like when, at least when I was working with clients, like stretching was the hardest thing to do. And unless they're coming to yoga class, it wasn't something they would normally do. And also for massage therapists, unless, unless they're asked to do it or no one incorporated stretching, I, I feel like doesn't always get the attention sh it should. So I want to know your thoughts on, on stretching and the incorporation of it, not just on the massage table, but into your, into your life. Yeah. I'm, I've recently, I mean, like over the past five years, I've found a, a new, world and that's the world of stretching and i'm in love of it and i stretch all the time people that, know, <laughs> people that know me see you know see me stretching all the time i go to the gym my workouts are just stretching out and it's you know it's amazing um and i also do strength work too it's just you got to have a balance of both um and I, when i was a teenager and a young adult uh, and trying to be healthy and fit my my inspirations like Bruce Lee and Arnold Schwarzenegger and I just wanted to get big and get fast and get quick and then get, get flexible um and I stretched a little bit but it, it does it, I didn't really know much about how to do it because there's not a whole lot of there's not a whole lot of coaching there's not a whole lot of research around stretching that's really uh uh formidable um there are as people are learning more about the benefits of mobility and flexibility, there's more and more coming out. And, um, and I think it's all great. It's all wonderful. I'm, I'm glad to see more people are interested in it and curious about it. Um, I, I, again, I swear by stretching now, I feel like it's saved me a lot of pain and a lot more dysfunction as I get older. Um, 
and stretching is not just about like pulling your your ankle towards your bottom and trying to stretch your quad out or trying to touch your toes it's about moving your body in ways that it that you don't normally move it and and that you've been trying to break up patterns or habits that may be uh problems later on uh, yeah absolutely absolutely i mean i've i've recently like probably in the last year or two years switched you know, my mindset from just like doing like, I mean, I think like you said, all stretching has its place. And if you're doing any of it, um, for any of you listening, if you're doing stretching and you're just to keep doing it, I'm not anything we're about to talk about. Don't, <laughs> don't discourage you from doing it. But, um, but I've moved more into like mobility type of work instead of just the static stretching. Um, yeah. just, just because it seems like that's in terms of, like you were saying, repatterning and also like, that's more of a way to get warmed up for physical activity and also to maintain your health during physical activity. Right. Absolutely. Um, I, I, again, it's just, it's how, when, where, who, all those factors need to be in consideration when you're doing a stretch. Um, because there's benefits to all sorts, uh, whether you're doing dynamic or static, um, you know, like with someone who has a spasm, you probably are going to run into an issue with a dynamic stretch where is, where, um, that spasm may learn, you may help the client uh, alleviate that spasm by resting in a position of slight stretch for an extended period of time, allowing them to get more embodied with what the sensations are occurring in that spasm and being able to uh, bring their awareness more towards whatever areas are being affected. Uh, when you're moving and doing a bunch of uh, jumping around, moving side to side, it's hard to really uh, to tune in, but it can't, it, especially when you're in pain. So I, I believe, you know, any sorts of any sorts of movement, any sorts of stretching can be really beneficial as long as you're you're using it for the right purposes, purposes at the right times. And that takes, you know, a little bit of training and it takes a good coach and it takes someone with uh, some experience to help. Uh, people who are a little more unfamiliar with stretching to figure out. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I guess for the, like anyone who's a massage therapist listening to this, cause I know there's a few of them um, who may or may not doing, be doing it. Like, would you, would you encourage, obviously with the consent of the patient incorporating stretching into the massage treatment? I, when I started, I mean, I, I've kind of bounced back and forth between using stretches and massages uh, mm -hmm. when I was doing more massage therapy and almost I would say 99% of the time whenever I did an extra five or 10 minutes to stretch someone's hamstrings out or put their knee to their chest during a massage, they, they, they loved it. You know, they, they just felt more of their body was being addressed. And it's true. When you push a limb through a range of motion, you're not just, you know, making contact with whatever muscle you're rubbing, but you're also stretching the, the connective tissue and the whole image of the person is being moved around. And they're feeling that that pull and that pressure and that stretch, which is what what we're doing with our hands, anyways. Absolutely, yeah. And I, I would I would say that I would say the same experience. Like when I incorporated, you know, stretching with my clients, they enjoyed it a lot more. And and there were some clients, again, meeting a client where it's at that I I was their physical activity for the week. You know, like they <laughs> they weren't working out or and they weren't stretching on their own. So I was I was it for their for their week and. Uh, so the, the additional stretching was, was not just good for them, but it, not just good feeling on the table, but did, uh, you know, at least incorporate it into their life in that small amount that I, I saw them for that week's time. So uh, I, I'm big for stretching on the table. Obviously, again, if, if the client is up for it and you've discussed it with them, um, you, you know, uh, I think it's great.
I, that's, sorry, I didn't want to cut you off. Uh, absolutely. Um, I was just going to add, like, uh, I was, when you're um, injured or you're working with scar tissue or you're working with someone who's like disabled and doesn't get a whole lot of movement, uh, the, the stretching component is really going to benefit their connective tissue. And it, that's the only way it, it would heal in a proper alignment and better alignment if it knows in what directions you, it's, the person wants to use their uh, joints. So for, I mean, for example, we can work, we can dig our elbows and hands into a glute, but if you don't pull it around and stretch it and remind it of the different motions that are, it's capable of, the connective tissue is not going to align itself to support those motions. No, absolutely. Absolutely. I think, you know, again, uh, just, just depending on the client and depending like what type of therapist you are, I mean, you know, Noel and I particularly like this type of work. So if, if you're not geared towards that, listen to this, don't, don't worry about it. But I, I do think it's, it's good to have the client actively participate in some of the stuff on the table to or, or one, try to repattern, but two, to give them that awareness of, of everything you're trying to do. Absolutely. Uh, there's uh there's research out there that, that shows that when people are participating in their, their therapy, they have better results uh, and it's across the board. Um, you, they do this, you could do the same treatment for someone just knocked out or reading a newspaper or just on their cell phone and they, they don't hold the, the changes as well. Yes, definitely. I mean, I, I, you can, I mean, as a, I'm sure as a therapist, we, we both can see it. Um, and, and the clients, you know, I, like, again, I, I work with all types of people, so I, I don't judge, but there are people who would, come to me every week with the same complaint, um, but they also just want to be more passive in their treatment. So, you know, I would inform them, but, I, you know, again, I was happy to work with them too, since I was like their only outlet to like, quote unquote, physical activity. Yeah. Uh, um, but before, um, so I always, I, if, you, if you have any, because I like to do before, you know, on these podcasts to give some actionable stuff for listeners to do, if, if someone's like not stretching or hasn't stretched or, is not doing anything, what, where would be a good foundational, I guess, what would be a foundational place for them to begin, would you, in your opinion? Hmm, that's a good question, because there's a, a lot of resources now. Um, I'd begin by just setting si time aside for, to, to lay on the floor, you know, five or 10 minutes, almost like a, a, a different kind of meditation, and to tune out all the noise to stop looking at the cell phone, to stop thinking about what's next, to turn off the TV, uh, whatever. And um, just listen to your body and listen to the sensations of it and move in a way that your body wants to move and allow it to move in a way that wants to move. Whether that's it's just rolling to the side or moving your arm up over your head or shaking a little bit, jostling, but just again, like tuning in deeply and allowing Getting out, of the, getting out of your own way and allowing your body to move in a way it wants to. And that would, and those motions are indicative to what your body needs, really needs in terms of stretching. Oh, that's, that's fantastic. I, I like, I like it. It's, it's very, it's very doable and it's very, I think achievable. And it's a good first step. So thank you. That's, that's great advice. Yeah, um, we, ca we call it rolling and pouring and roughing. Oh, very <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's great. Um, well, Noel, you've, you've been so, so great and generous with your time today and your thoughts. Um, if, uh, and again, you'll have, we, there's so much I think we can still discuss, so we'll have to do this again. But, Absolutely. Uh, but in the meantime, where, um, where can people reach you and get a hold of you and, and, um, and get your services or learn from you also if, if someone's a massage therapist? 
Uh, sure. Yeah. My website is www.shiftrawthing.com. Shift as in shifting gears. Um, and that's where you can find more about Rolfing, uh, find out more about Rolfing and more about my services. And I have a link on there for continuing education courses. I have one scheduled for June in Asheville, North Carolina, where we'll be working on is all of my courses focus on stretching and they integrate. And it's all basically it's based on my experience as a trainer as a yoga teacher, as a rolfer, as a massage therapist, and trying to blend all those skills uh, into uh, a certain type of approach to work stretching into your sessions. And it's geared towards massage therapists working in a spa setting. Uh, And it can also, whether or not you're a massage therapist or a trainer or a yoga teacher, you can benefit from the material taught in the courses. And uh, so I'll be teaching that one of those uh, workshops in June. Um, and then to also uh, post on on Instagram, uh, exercises, stretches, like uh, basically it's also my training diary. So I like to uh, show what I'm working on myself. Um, that is at shift Rolfing. and then uh, Facebook uh, slash loves to move is my Facebook page. Fantastic. Excellent. Well, thank you again, Noel, for being here. I really appreciate it. And I look forward to having future conversations with you. Same here, James. Thank you so much. And again, it's an honor. Thank you. And uh, thank you, listening audience, for being uh, for listening on this podcast and taking the time to listen. Um, as uh, Noel listed, I will put some, I put, I'll put his stuff in the show notes as well. So you can click on the links um, also to get in touch with Noel or to, to get his services or to learn from him. And if you have any questions for me, you could always email me at charlestonintegratedwellness at gmail.com. You could also um, go to my Facebook page, Charleston Integrated Wellness, and uh, Charleston Integrated Wellness is also on Instagram. So I thank you for listening, and I will talk to you next week.